fed up of floor robes, driven to distraction and drowning with doom boxes, tired of living in chaos? Welcome to Decluttering Untangled, how to declutter when you're overwhelmed, ADHD or autistic. I'm going to help you uncover the secrets to decluttering, no matter what hurdles you face. You'll discover how to declutter, de-stress and transform your world. I'm Heather Tingle, reformed hoarder, neurodivergent declutter queen and your guide through the maze of mess. Let's get untangled. Hello Untanglers and welcome back to another episode. Now I'm going to start this episode with a trigger warning because I am going to be talking about depression. Um, However, this is worth a listen regardless if you're not depressed, uh, if you're used to be depressed in the past or if you are depressed now then it is still for you because there's always times in our lives where we feel a little bit low and we struggle to declutter. So today's tips and suggestions might help you even if you're not depressed. Now if you are depressed I am going to be talking a little about depression but mainly I am going to be talking about the strategies that you can use to declutter while you're in it. So I'm not going to go too deep into the depression side um, and I'm not going to talk about anything else relating to depression. So I'm going to start by being quite vulnerable to be honest and give you my own experience over the past few months and the past few years if I'm well, few, more than a few years, if I'm honest. So in the past, I have struggled massively with depression. Um, when I was 18, I had a breakdown. And since then, my mental health has been up and down. After decluttering, I have to say, my mental health has been an awful lot better. Since getting my autism diagnosis, or maybe a little bit before that, since realizing I was autistic, my depression has got a lot better too. I think it's because my depression um, most of the time has been situational. So it's happened because of things that are happening around me, because of triggers, because of situations I found myself in, because of overwhelm and autistic burnout. I have also believed that it has become chemical depression, so clinical depression, if you like, where there's been no cause, it's just been there. So at the minute, I'm just coming out of what I believe to be a chemical depression brought on by situational depression. So situational is one I deal with all the time. It comes and it goes. One day I can be on the floor and other days I can be absolutely fine and you know able to function and actually feeling happiness. So For me, I call it situational because it comes and goes. And for me, I think it's linked to me being autistic. And then chemical depression is what most people would consider as as depression, as in, you know, the clinical, you know, take uh, antidepressants or get support in some way. So that's what I'm going to talk about through, um, through this process and this pod today. So with my um, last episode of depression, The good news is that my house carried on almost without me having to partake in it. So it didn't become a mess. It stayed pretty clean and tidy. And that was despite me not wanting to get out of bed and having zero energy or motivation to do anything other than just sit and watch Netflix, if I'm totally honest. And that was a very big relief to me because I've had situational depression that's come and gone but I've still been managing to function I've still been managing to work I've still been managing to you know tidy the house and and do all the things that all the responsibilities that are part of me I've still been managed to do that 
over the past month, I wasn't able to do that. And it was amazing to see that the house was managing to withstand it because I know in the past, before I decluttered, that the house added to my depression. It made me feel worse. It didn't want me to, it didn't want, I didn't want to stay in my house because my house was depressing. When you're surrounded by clutter and it wears you down, your safe space isn't a calming space. It's not a place where you can feel pride. It's not a place where you can feel safe a lot of the time. It's a big place. It's a big secret to hide and feel judged on and feel like you're hiding two secrets, not just one. So you're not only hiding your depression to the outside world, you're hiding the state of your house as well. For me, this time around, it was amazing to feel none of that. So I managed to keep on top of the pots. I managed to keep on top of the house being okay. Nothing really got messy because I put things back. I was able to. So my strategies and systems that I'd put into place got really tested to make sure that they were up to the job. Because you could all, you, if you listen to the last episode, you will realize that you should really work on them when you're at your, know what, I'm trying to say this, you should make sure that they are built for withstanding you at your lowest ebb, not built for you when you are doing okay. Because if they can withstand you being at your lowest ebb, then everything else is an absolute bonus, isn't it? And they did stand up to it. So if there is one thing I can say to you is decluttering absolutely does support your mental health. It doesn't totally make everything okay. So if you are autistic or neurodivergent in general, you might struggle with emotions. And people might call you sensitive. Um, they may say, you know, yeah, you're, um, oh, you're a bit sensitive. Personally, I'd rather feel too much of something than not enough. So for me, however, I rarely know how I'm feeling until I'm really feeling it. But the positive to that is when I feel something, I feel it really deeply. Now, that's great when I'm feeling happy thoughts and, and you know, wonderful thoughts. Not so good when you're not feeling great thoughts. But your the thoughts that you have about your items, you know, one of the things that we do is we feel so deeply about them that makes it harder for us to let them go. You know, it might have been when you were little that all your cuddly toys had names and you felt that they were real, like, live beings almost. It might be that everything feels sentimental. So we have to think about this, that when you're in the midst of the depression, everything is sentimental. So how could you possibly declutter anything? So hopefully I'm going to talk you through a little bit about that today. So how your depression manifests itself, whether it's a long-term chemical that doesn't really fluctuate, so you're in it and it's long-term depression, or it's situational and very variable like it usually is with me, where you, you know, the situational one is where you know you could, if you just hold on for a few days, or even a few hours sometimes for me, a few days or a few weeks and you'll come out of it. This, that, whichever one you are, um, I would say suffering from or have to deal with, that will depend on which approach is best for you to declutter. So, if you're situational and it comes and goes, there's one approach. If it is um, chemical and like long term, there is a different approach for that. And over this episode and the next episode, I'm going to talk you through both of these things and the things that I would like you to try and things you can consider if you're suffering with either of these types of depression. Now, it's important to note at this point, I need to tell you, 
I think you know already, I'm not a medical professional. I am just giving advice on what's helped me in relation to decluttering. I'm not talking about grief and bereavement in these two episodes because I think that's a whole different ball game to unpack and there's no way I can do it in like a 15-minute chat on here. Um, but today's episode, I'm going to talk about situational depression. So low mood, if it comes and it goes, what you can do to keep moving forward to declutter when you're in the middle of the blip. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how to declutter when you're in a chemical or long-term depression that doesn't appear to be going anyway, going away anytime soon. Okay, so let's start. The difference when you're in a blip and you know it's going to go is that the good news is the pressure is off you because you know it's going to go. So you can be productive in other ways. And let me just tell you that I think it's important to say that you don't need to be productive at all. Like this is not a way to measure your worth or a way to gain a reward for resting. Um, however, I would like you to consider it in ways that will make life easier for you to be, so you can be productive to make life easier for you. That's how to be productive and why you should be productive. Not to be more worthy, not to get a gold star, not to say, oh, if I do this, then I can have some time off. That's not how it works. So I want you to think about your future friend. So you in the future, what can you do now that takes very little time, very little, very little effort and very little energy that will help you in the future? So in a few hours time, in a few days time or a few weeks time. Now is not the time to go all in on a cupboard declutter, which you'll probably lose energy once everything's out of the cupboard and you'll feel like you're in a right mess and why the hell did you start it? So what you're looking for is easy throwaway tasks. Now, when I say throwaway tasks, it's not in the way that you have to throw something away. What I mean is to be able to take it or leave it, whether you do it or not. So you could be doing something else while you do it. It's a throwaway task. doesn't matter. It's not important if you do it. There's no pressure to do it. You don't have to do it. You're going to choose to do it and you can stop at any time. They're the tasks that I want you to try and find out. Now, it's important to um, say as well, because if you are autistic, you may also have a PDA profile. So pathological demand avoidant. Um, and that is an issue because you might have feel that you're obligated. If you give yourself a task, you feel obligated to do it and then you rebel against it. You don't want to do it. So you want to remove obligations to do things by doing them in an almost sneaky way against your inner rebel. So when you don't have to do them, and you don't feel trapped by feeling you've got to do them, it actually makes it more appealing to do it. So see if you can find a way that you can kind of create a list of things that you could do if you wanted to, but you don't have to, and see if there's a way that you can actually make them happen that feels good, not in a way that's going to make you feel bad and trapped by the fact that you've got this list that you haven't done yet, because that is the absolute counterproductive way of doing it. So for example, I'm going to give you some examples because I know it's really hard to think of things if you've never done this before. So if you're sat scrolling on your Facebook, on your phone, just wasting time, you've got no energy to like actually be with people. If you haven't got got people in you anymore, then you might do a lot of scrolling on your phone. So you could delete yourself from Facebook groups or delete or unfollow people, friendships that feel like obligations. 
Now, be aware that you don't end up rejecting everyone as you feel that nobody cares. That is not the case. I think a lot of time when you're in a depression, people think you will reach out when you need them to. However, I know it's not that easy. But we're talking about people like drama llamas, you know, those that make you scared to post something in case they jump on it and, you know, give a bit of grief or people that are always bringing drama and you just want to go, oh, not again. Like, unfollow them. You don't need that. You could do things like go into your photo albums, delete all the screenshots that you took that you thought you were going to look back on later and then never did, and pull the rest into albums or create tags on them so you can find things later. I think we often think that digital clutter isn't an issue, but actually in terms of being eco-friendly, it's a great thing to declutter. But also from a personal and selfish point of view, it just makes finding what you want easier. When you want it, you can find it easier. So that is a future friend thing. Emails is another one. Unsubscribing from lists will help reduce the overwhelm of an overflowing inbox. Simply create a folder for all your unread emails and put them in your current inbox into it. And then you start in afresh. And then when you feel like it, you can work your way down them a few at a time because they've now, they're now in a folder that might say something like old emails on it. They're old. They're not important. You can just go in that folder, not in your main inbox because you've reduced the demand to do it because it's not something you ought to fight every time you open your email list, open your email inbox now. Um, and you can go into this other folder as and when you feel like it. And you've removed the perfectionism streak of needing to get to box in, in box zero in one go so you can just go through those emails as and when and start unsubscribing from those email lists that drive you absolutely crackers now if you're not showering very much because that's something that no one ever admits to but if you're in a depression it's highly likely that you really don't feel like taking a shower so if you're not in the shower very much could you take time to declutter the mold and i don't mean totally declutter i don't mean like a whole diy thing of you know like removing the sealant around the bath and all that kind of stuff because let's face it when you're in that mood one thing to go wrong and it'll all go wrong and you know you'll end up wanting to smash your smash your shower up or whatever but I'm thinking things like popping the shower curtain in the wash or spraying mold killer on the tiles and around the tub or just giving it a bit of a bleach you're not aiming for perfection here you're just aiming to do something to feel like you've achieved something so while you're in there are there any old toiletries in there maybe that you really know that the gathering dust and you really don't like the smell of that you're not bothered about things like that have a look through there and see if there's any you can let go of going through your wallet or your handbag and decluttering you know that's random sweet with a bit of fluff on it that you're never going to eat you know the old tampons that were there with just in case tampons and then they've ended up you know like coming out of the packet so you can't use them or things like receipts that you probably need to keep or file or you know put away later can you just get all that rubbish out have a little sort through even if you put the receipts back in the handbag for the time being that you know you want to keep there's probably going to be some that you know that you want to get rid of we're not talking about having a full-on you know sorting through a filing cabinet and putting all the receipts in order and putting them away we're just talking about have a look through them see if there's anything that you can bin put them in the recycling off you go might be something like going through pens and felt tips to check which work or not. And actually that can feel quite cathartic. It's a very low energy thing to do. But next time you want to get a pen, you're going to know where they are and you're going to find one that works. That is a massive future friend win. You could do something like if you've got a car, go inside your car. Each time you go in your car, do one door pocket. 
or the centre console or the glove box or one part of the floor and have a quick declutter or see if you can grab any rubbish. Match your socks up and have fun. Yes, I am sad saying this. I do find matching socks fun. I love doing it with clients. It's one of my favourite things to do. It's very sad, but it's, God, it's so rewarding when you've done it. And go through your sock mountain and pair your socks. You can do that while watching something on TV and just chill. Um, And that can be quite a nice thing to do. You don't have to make decisions about the socks that are odd. You don't have to think about that. We're just doing slight improvements so that tomorrow, if you want to wear matching socks, you can. You don't have to. You can wear odd ones if you want. I'm I'm all for that. Um, You know, you can uh, at least you know how many pairs of socks you've got and you know where they are. You could have a look at your bank account and see if there's any direct debits that you should have cancelled. It's usually quite a quick process and quite a simple process to stop them and get rid of them. Decluttering space in your freezer, one thing at a time. So maybe literally just opening one drawer at a time and having a quick rummage and see if there's anything in there that you know you're never going to eat. So things that have been in there forever and then that will make room for easier to cook items so that you can still eat when you don't feel like cooking. So you might be able to treat yourself to some like microwavable meals or something that feels good and nourishing that's quite easy to cook, creating some space for those items that are going to come in. What's at the side of your bed? Is there a pile of books that you want to read someday? Pick one if you'll actually read it right now and then put the rest back where the rest of your books go. That pile that is there taunting you that you've not read them yet just weighs you down to make you feel rubbish that you've not read them yet. So go and put them where you put the rest of your books, even if it is a pile at the side of the bookcase. Go put them there. Do a dish in the sink or dry one or put one away. We're talking tiny steps forward that add up. What can you do to make tomorrow a little bit easier for you than today? Is it looking through the cupboard and finding something that's quick and easy for you to eat tomorrow lunchtime? While you're there, is there anything at the back you can bring forward or need to let go? Remember that when you're in a blip, the emphasis needs to be on two things really. Getting through it the best you can, that's number one. And then also knowing that you know it will go. And then number two is doing anything you can that will make life easier for tomorrow you. So even if you feel exactly the same as you do today, you might not do it for today's self. So you might not wash that cup for today's self, but could you wash it for tomorrow's self so it's ready for you tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon if you don't want to get out of bed? Even if it's just washing a cup for tomorrow so you've got a clean one, that is a step forward. Now, this doesn't have to be logical. It doesn't have to be organised decluttering. This is simply doing one thing and doing something until you pass the worst and then you can declutter with a plan and do it properly. I really hope this episode has helped whether you're depressed or not. So until next time, keep untangling. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Decluttering Untangled. If you found anything that I've said today helpful, please do me a favour, hit that subscribe button or leave me a review. It's like receiving a virtual high five that keeps me going and lets me know that I'm helping real people out there and I'm making a difference. Please remember, you're not alone in this. I'm building a community of fellow untanglers over on Facebook. Just visit the show notes for the link to my free decluttering community. So until next time, remember, you're not alone. You're not lazy. You can untangle your life.